just how it needs to be. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. With the Bruce, the Yang, and Captain Socks. Hello, future people, and you again listening to Getting Tabled with your host, Captain Socks. Hello, everyone. Hey, and, Captain Socks. And the Bruce. Hey, that's me. Oh, and I'm back. I, I was gone. <laughs> Who are you again? I'm that, uh, I'm the guy, uh, you should have told me about where I'm. <laughs> <laughs> you have to watch the video podcast now, people. You have to. Oh, dear. So I have. Format. I am I am so prepared that I was set up, I was ready to go, and I've not pulled up the run sheet. Good job. That was really clever. <laughs> well, today we are starting Drop with please. a little... Well, yes, but before we get into that, we're going to start with oh, a little yeah. bit of an update on the channel. Nothing too huge. Um, there's a little bit of feedback that could have gone into the last episode, but I chose not to, just for running time. Um, a man named Chris from Australia has been listening to us recently and made a point of reaching out to me personally. I know you two know this already. Um, Chris's feedback was to thank us for not doing the typical Australian thing and throwing swear words in there just for the sake of swearing to prove that you're Australian. Uh, he's found it quite off-putting on a couple of podcasts that's already out there that would have been interesting otherwise. I just thought it was worth touching on that because... As far as I remember, it's always been a deliberate choice of ours to try and limit that, just because we are aware that there's kids that listen to this stuff as well, and whether they swear or not in real life is kind of irrelevant. You kind of want to appeal to as many people as possible. And it's kind of refreshing for him, probably, because he's so used to the typical Australian that when he hears someone that's not, you know, trying to be typical Australian, as an Australian, he probably really enjoys that. Like, I can just listen to this and not, you know... I, yeah, I guarantee you, Ozman reviews is not worth what he is because of Australian viewers. <laughs> no, no, no. I I would agree with you on that. Um, the other thing I wanted to quickly touch on is was it this week or last week? One of them. I I have started a new video series called Getting Tabled Guides. Um, the idea behind this is going to be just giving a basic introduction on how to get into a game that's maybe been out for a while. Maybe it's changed a little bit since it was last released, but it's been a while since somebody's actually explained how to get into the game. I started with Drop Fleet for fairly obvious reasons. Most of the Drop Fleet starter guides are about three years old at this point, so I thought it was about time to give a bit of an update. Uh, And I followed that up with a video on choosing brush brands and my suggestions on how to better have that conversation because a lot of people when they're new and are trying to reach out in this hobby rather than actually getting advice they just get flooded with opinions as to what brand is good and what brand isn't which is extremely unhelpful at times um especially if those people aren't giving context which i have been known for in the past Uh, and i acknowledge this in the video and explain why i have opinions about a certain brand that i do um you'll have to watch the video to find out I plan on doing some, so as you can see in the background, I'm sitting in my bedroom, but in my house in Florida that I'll have in about three months, I'll have a full game setup room again, and so I plan on... George, what are you doing? (laughs) Filler! (laughs) Anyways, I plan on doing the same, because I'll have a full game setup area that I can do some videos like that too, in the future with all the games around me, like George has in the background. 
yeah. Um, there's yeah. definitely going to be a, yeah, there's definitely going to be some follow-ons. Uh, there's other games I want to touch on. Um, I definitely want to do a video on airbrushing at some point. Uh, obviously, there will be how to use certain things at some point. Uh, that'll all be coming later. I'm just going to kind of roll them out as they happen. And if something needs to be updated at a later stage, then I'll do that as well. So, yeah, if you're interested, whether you're new or old, still check them out. Um, maybe I've done something that you think is bad and you would like to give me feedback and fix it. Otherwise, unless you've got some follow-up, George. No. Then let's do some news. Potato. Newly received or noteworthy information, especially about recent or important events. So. TT Combat release and update. Oh, yeah. And there was a big update. Yeah, they showed so, the but then 1.2 version yep yeah so the 1.2 version of the rules is out i have already seen this yeah i saw it before you um so michelle saw it before you as well um so the 1.2 version of the rule set is available you can download them for free if you're watching the video version then you'll see that there is a link right in the news section um they've redone quite a few things launch assets have been reworded so it makes more sense fire ships are now available uh torpedoes have been reworked we've known that this was coming uh for quite some time because they have felt for quite a while that torpedoes weren't really i'm not going to say worth it. it it's been questionable whether taking torpedoes was actually worth it for a while so uh, it's good to see that they've addressed that. Uh, there's it's... been some special rules edited. I have not read the details of what they've changed in Corruptor yet, but I'm very interested to see how that changed. What were you going to say, George? I've, I, said, I was going to say, I've always felt that the torpedoes have never been quite that good. Like, you know, like, sure, they're cool, but are they effective enough to take them cool? Yeah. I agree. Um, and you can see on the screen, like, there's been a few... But they've edited some differences between the digital and printed versions to make it more accurate. Uh, launch assets going through scenery and stuff, just not laying out properly. Um, they've tightened up the wording throughout. I haven't specifically looked, but I suspect that our friend Traffic James might be gone. Uh, I don't know that for a fact, though. I haven't actually looked to see if he's still there or not. If they actually fix that, that issue... Gone. If they actually have fixed that issue, I say we uh we we uh, hound Lewis and Louie about like, dude, that's that's been the thing from the beginning. You have to leave Traffic James. To to be fair, Traffic James has a model now, so maybe that's better. He has to be in the book. It has to I say know. Traffic James. Um, so I kind of like their answer to this following question, which is a question that comes up every single time that a book gets updated what's the right version of the rules paperback or digital the answer is yes this is an update not a replacement essentially is what they're saying here um so which is the official version it's really up to you if you and your partner are disagreeing on something then that's where oh sorry you and your opponent are disagreeing so if me and george are having a game and we're disagreeing over the different versions rules, then we could, we need to talk it out and look at them and make a decision at the time. Yep. Uh, or if you're in a tournament, the tournament organiser will probably say which version they're going to support. I suspect what you will find is that tournaments will use the most recent update. I would be very surprised if that's not the case. There hasn't been 
enough changes that it's going to damage what the game is, so to speak. Um, but in saying that, we've also got, as I think it was Sox hinted, there's been some resistance ships released as well. Yeah. So we've got this gorgeous looking monitor, and these ones we've actually seen before. Yeah, those are the destroyers. The mo- yeah, the destroyers we've seen. We hadn't seen that monitor, though, so... That's very interesting looking. I will just say it's it's just it's bizarre. So you got the Newton and the Galileo. According to the article, Newton's a more of an artillery, and the Galileo is more of a supporting ship. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out which one of that one would be. I think the one that's pictured is the support ship because I think that's the one that does the scan. Yeah, the scanning. That looks the... like that looks like a giant scanner to me. Yeah, uh, I could be wrong. Spikes. Hey, so is it just me or does that one destroyer look like the uh, UCM like drop zone commander like mobile aircraft carrier type ground thing? The fair. I doubt that that's accidental. Uh, I definitely agree with you, but I don't think that's accidental. I think that's deliberate. Also, I you know it makes sense too with the. These are the destroyers and monitors, the the heavy slower ships, you know, and how they have that PHR look. Since you know, well, the resistance um, kind of fall in between there to some extent. Sometimes, right? Yeah, I was well. gonna say you got the Centurion ship, which was uh, uh, you know, hybrid PHR UCM rules. So yeah, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm enjoying the names though, the the Newton and Galileo. I think those are great names. Uh, yeah. That of course are Armstrong Aldrin. Why were those names not used sooner for the resistance? I'm sorry. That's those yeah. are great names. Yeah. They're, they're actual legitimate uses of the name instead of just keep on, you know, recycling, you know, enterprise. Yeah, very much I, so. Yeah. I still love oh. Star Trek, but you know, everything's the enterprise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we'll cover these when we go over the resistance. We haven't covered the resistance in general. We covered the destroyers once. We'll probably go over those again when we go yes. over the resistance fleet as a whole. But uh, we'll get over those all together when we go over the resistance today. We'll be covering battleships near the end. Yeah, I thought battle. It was time to cover the battleships because I delayed them for long enough. I felt. Yeah. Um, and then it'll be a battle cruisers next time. Um, we what well, we can talk about that later. Yep. But we might want to do battle cruisers and light cruisers together. Yeah. Now, George shared this with me the other day. And I thought we had covered it, but I don't seem to find the evidence for it. So maybe I was going to cover it and then chose not to. Well, Um, there's there's not a lot to talk about right now yet either. It's just a page. Oh, I've got photos. I have found photos of minis. You you found photos? I did. Oh. So on Kickstarter, I don't know the exact launching date, but there is a Witcher board game that is incoming by Go On Board. Um, Oh, Interesting business name, I'm going to say. Um, well, so make it that what you will. Uh, but we have miniatures, and oh my lord, do these look like they're straight out of the game! So, like, yeah, these what, are what stunning? What, what caught my eye about it is you know, it, it's just cashing in on a, a intellectual property. I mean, the video yeah. game has been super profitable. Someone finally said, Hey, let's take this and make it into a TV show. TV show was wildly successful, and people had never heard The Witcher or played The Witcher were like, The Witcher's cool. And yep. so it, it, it makes sense that, you know, and it's the right kind of story to turn into a board game. It is actually, it does make a lot of sense uh, as something to translate. 
Um, things that are popular tend to get translated to board games quite frequently, and it, not always with the best results, but this is something that lends itself naturally. I'm kind of hoping that they go for like a dungeon crawl type feel for it because it's the sort of property that feels like it should be that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Time will tell, so, I guess. So, so, so uh, I, I will probably uh, give this a good solid look when it comes out to uh, back it or not because you know it, it it looks you know it just it it has such great potential to be a great board game with the the intellectual property it's being based off of yeah definitely um we also have some new releases coming out for dystopian wars uh the most recent of those being shown off is the ninjing battleship fleet uh this, so this is another starter set essentially for those that would like to have a chinese flavor on the board lots of really gorgeous looking ships there is, however, also, if I don't highlight over the menu, an Imperium Frontline Squad. So I believe these both technically come from the same area. No, they're different. Okay. Uh, but, again, you've got different feeling ships that will go together quite nicely. I still don't know which one I want yet. Um, there's definitely certain feels that you get from the Imperial ships of a very World War Two arch, especially with certain symbols that you have appearing on the bows of the ships. Engines. Yeah, that, of engines that's in the whole on some of them that we've seen yeah. before. Yeah, that Imperium uh, Frontline Squadron set, that looks nothing like the German Iron Cross. Absolutely No, definitely like not. No. Yeah. But that's the thing about fantasy is you can kind of work in real world stuff and make it make sense. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I still don't know which I prefer of the two. I think I prefer the ninjing stuff because I just I love it's just so different to stuff that we've seen before. Well, so so what I'm curious about because I I know they're they're taking their time, they're releasing it slowly, they're they're redesigning yeah. stuff like that. I, I I I'm more interested in the whole like the entire game as a whole because back before spartan games went under they had dystopian wars of you know they had the air combat they had sea combat and land combat and all the armies associated with and then you had the factions so yeah I, i'm gonna and, have to be very on hold if i you know i was very interested in the game and then it's just like eh. and then they folded and i was like oh well that solves my problem and yeah, yeah um um the thing I'm going to be interested... So this is a game that's interested people for a long time, and one of the things that people held off on was because it was a game where the ground combat, the air combat, and the sea combat were supposed to work together and never did. Yeah. So yeah. it kind of became a land game or a sea and air game. Uh, from everything I can see on this so far, it appears that this is just sea and air, um, unless they intend to do expansions later on, which would make sense. Um, it would make sense to kind of start with the easier stuff, I guess. Um, well, I'm very, very interested to see how this goes. I don't have anybody else I know of that's playing it at this point, so that's yeah. not really a huge concern for me. Uh, the, the other thing too, Bruce, is uh, you know, it is a um, oh, thought has escaped me. It's a new company with this intellectual property, and they're redesigning the stuff, so they may not be ready to launch everything yet, or you know, have the capability to launch everything yet because they're still R and Ding. Well, this is War Cradle Studios, so this is the same people behind Wild West Exodus, and you have to remember that it's been a year and a half at least since they announced that this was coming, if not two years at this point. So it's true. 
There has been a lot of work that's been going on in the background that we're only just seeing the results from. But you are right. I mean, there's there's one step at a time, I guess, and try not to... Because you don't want to over-flood the market before the game's really ready either. So let's release 500 products at once. Wait, what do you mean nobody's playing the game yet? Yeah. So, But at this particular point, as I said, if I was buying something today, Ninjing would be the, the fleet that I go with. Uh, it's just the one that I, I like the look of the most. Um, but moving on, Icarus Games um, have started moving their models across onto My Mini Factory. Now, for those that don't know, My Mini Factory is a store where you can buy digital things to print on your 3D printers. So it's kind of like Thingiverse, but Thingiverse where you actually can sell your stuff and not get ripped off, um, as opposed to Thingiverse is largely filled with plagiarized items. Not completely, but largely. Um, I really love this Nexus crew, personally. Um, these aliens just look really cool to me. Uh, they're not just greys. They're not just something that's clearly stolen off something. I mean, these have come from a game that Icarus War Games have done previously, but I just I never really seen them and they really jumped out at me as something that I really like uh, there's also some alliance faction which are totally not cowboys from space they're definitely not cowboys from space uh, but in saying that they kind of look cowboys from space <laughs> um, I love this stuff this is just gorgeous. You can buy them in the boxes. So you can buy them in the bundles or you can buy a model separately. Um, my first thought for this would be Stargrave. It just kind of feels very Stargravey for me. Um, the only issue might be is that at this stage it's limited. They've only just started doing it. So it's kind of limited release at this point. So you're going to want to wait until you've got more options, I suppose. But I just thought that was really, really gorgeous and I wanted to show it off. Yeah, some of those definitely look really good. Uh, my favourite's probably the guy with the yellow shoulder pads yelling at the camera because he's just all kinds of cool. Be because he knows the camera will actually steal his soul. Yep. I like the fact that they're actually showing the cast that they've done on this as well uh, because, again, this is something that was actually available through their store previously, um, but they're now doing it as 3D prints and they haven't completely... If you look at some of the printed models, you can actually still see where the... Um, supports were so yeah. you kind of get the idea of how easy they are to clean up which is a nice touch a lot of people kind of just clean that all off and don't really show that off but i kind of like the fact that they're just open and honest with that it's kind of nice to see how it's going to look at the end of the day but now moving away from miniatures to something that is a card game um and i'm not just covering this because it's arguably my favorite card game ever made um, that might have a small part to do with it, but th there's a couple of things I want to touch on this. Sentinels of the Multiverse is a superhero card game. Um, it's not a new game. It's from the earliest days of Kickstarter, but they are releasing a definitive edition. Couple, uh, about a year ago, we touched on what was going to be the very last expansion for this game because they were finishing it. Um, well, they're releasing a new edition of the game now that they've actually decided what they're going to do with it. Now, it's still the same game. It's still the same characters. They're just kind of tweaking the rules to make it work a little better. Uh, they're getting rid of a lot of the um, like the tons and tons and tons of um, tokens, and they're introducing little player aids to help keep track of that stuff as well, which 
makes much more sense. It's just so much easier that way. Um, it's kind of something that people had done in the background anyway, but they're kind of doing it officially now. Like there were fan-made ones and stuff that you could buy. Um, they do give a thing on the Kickstarter about why they're doing a definitive edition. Um, it's something that the owner of Greater Than Games was reluctant to do at first. But after playing the game was kind of like, okay, yeah, no, I can see this. Yep, no, I'm happy with this. I do have some criticism. Um, I have do, not backed this at this point, just do, for the do, record. Do you, do you want to hear mine right off the bat, Bruce? Sure. $75 for sleeves. Ah, there you go. Yeah, that's where I was going as well. <laughs> um, okay, so for those that are watching the video version, you will be looking at the image that I was going to touch on right now but yes so there is two pledges for this it's a 50 dollar game that's us dollars plus whatever shipping it is that you're facing or 125 dollars and the only difference between those two is the sleeves so you get a slight discount if you're getting it as part of that for that you're getting 900 sleeves which at first thought is hey that's a lot of sleeves, okay? Uh, yeah, but that works out to be about $8.50 for every 100 packs. It's even more expensive than the expensive sleeves that you get. Um, there's been several people, and I'm going to kind of Wait a second. scroll through the comments. There's been several question people that's actually tried to question them on, the on this. Um, I haven't seen anybody having a go. Um, I personally did reach out as well, um, but I got no response at this time. Um, my question was simply asking what the justification was for it. Um, there is different sizes of the sleeves. There's some regular size. There's some tarot card size. Uh, and... What's the last size? Our villain size, which is a custom size. So the custom size is going to be slightly different, but Hang you can buy expensive sleeves much cheaper than this. No, no, by all means. Well, um, it's going to involve me Googling. Yeah, that's no, all good. So, yeah, I, I have some massive criticism for that. Uh, $75 for 900 sleeves, I feel, is a stupid amount of money. Yeah. Um, I would argue offensively stupid. Uh, the fact that to date, I mean, and this isn't something that's been only asked a couple of times. There's been a lot of people asking this. They haven't really answered it. Uh, again, I am a huge fan of this game. I own everything that's ever been released from this. So I'm not just having a go like I often do or get accused of doing with other companies. This is a company I am a fan of that I'm criticizing. Hey, and Bruce. I think this is ridiculous. Yep. Bruce, I'm, so, so, so I'm going to say $75 is a shock value. Um, I just looked it up and did the math. To go buy Dragon Shields, $8 yep. a pack for 100 That mm -hmm. works out to $71.91 for 900 sleeves. So the fact. So where, getting, where's the justification on this? So, so so backtrack that. So tarot sleeves are bigger. Yeah. So these are also clear though. I'm talking clear dragon shields too. Oh okay. So so it it, it may just be the stock because I remember when I got um epic spell wars of the battle lizards dual mount skull fire I sleeved the entire game and I wound up having to buy three boxes of of sleeves and I'm like. You know, I bought the first two. It's like 14 bucks. Like, okay, whatever. And it's like, God, I need another box. You know, next thing I know, mm. I've spent, you know, over 20 bucks sleeping this game. Yeah. So so maybe this does make sense. Um, uh, I, I, I will say it is a bit of a shock value. Um, I'm going to go back here a second to uh, 
One of the examples I saw was Sleeve King, which is the... Is it Sleeve King? It was something King, uh, which is like the premium version of the Mayday card sleeves, which are your your, your penny sleeves, like the really stupidly cheap ones. And that would not be a fair comparison with the penny sleeves. No, um, you can't compare penny sleeves because that's 100 for a dollar. I mean, that's there's a reason why yeah, I call they're, penny they're, Yeah. They're, they're garbage. Um, yes, then they're supposed to be garbage. But apparently they were like three or four dollars for a pack or something which was like half the price of this but they yeah. were only the standard sizes no um, I, I just thought it was worth looking at because generally speaking things on kickstarter are supposed to be a better deal than they yeah. are at retail and those prices you're looking at are retail prices this yeah it's, it's like they're trying to do a a retail you know bundle but they just want to know how many they're going to actually have to make yeah in saying that greater than games are not a huge company either so that there is going to be that factor as well but yeah i just thought it was worth touching on um so yeah now okay so uh hell the last saga the myth of games uh game that i backed that's uh should be delivering this year hopefully knock on wood uh one of the things on their uh pledge manager was a sleeve pack for 25 dollars. yep in that sleeve pack you got 400 tarot sleeves 174 poker sleeves and 120 mini euro sleeves that's an insanely better value so so Paying retail, some of those will be custom sizes too. Uh, being mythic, they're not always the same size. Well, they have four heart taros, which those are the bigger sleeves. Yeah, uh, poker sleeves are standard size, and then the mini euro sleeves are like they're like the little tiny cards that came with this game. Yeah, so that's arguably uh, four, five, six. That's arguably like a hundred sleeves less count wise, but actually more because there's more tarot than this game has. Yeah. For a third the price. Um, and arguably you could say that, you know, this is an okay value if you're paying retail. Yes. Kickstarter is yeah. not a store though. So why are this goes to why are they charging retail prices? So yeah. yes, we'll go back to that's a bit much for, you know, backing a project to get it onto the shelves. Yeah. Greater than games are not a huge company. They're not a small company either. They are another one of these Kickstarter only companies. Uh, not to say that you can't buy their stuff at retail, but um, everything yeah. new that they launch comes through Kickstarter. So it's you have a better chance of getting their stuff them. through Kickstarter than retail is what you're saying. No, I'm more kind of like they are somebody that's similar to CMON where everything new that they release comes through Kickstarter. Oh, okay. um, they're just not as huge as CMON are. Um, gotcha. But they do have a similar um business construct business yeah that they built themselves up a similar way moving on we have another kickstarter by a company that i hadn't actually come across before ec3d design so this is another 3d kickstarter for some beasts and baddies so these are all supposed to be like for your tabletop mini RPGs. or rpgs and that sort of stuff they're very much characterized um, definitely leaning towards your D&D style games. Um, the thing I like about it is they're actually showing examples of a regular FDM printer versus your resin printer. So they're actually showing the results in both and not just resin, which I haven't seen anybody else do. But it's a really nice touch because, as most of us know, you're getting a better result out of a resin printer. Um, I love these. They're full of character. 
they feel like something that would come from a high-end board game, uh, like a C-mini, sorry, C-mon type board game. They're very filled with character and cartoony, uh, which is not a bad thing. I'm saying this is a good thing. Um, It is an art style that you will either like or you won't, though. It depends on what you enjoy aesthetically. Um, These orcs are awesome. I'm just scrolling through. There's a really nice-looking cyclops and unicorns. There's a really cool... There's a spider that you saw at the top that's kind of like arched back and ready to strike. I think that might be my favourite giant spider I've seen, in a cartoony style style at least. Uh, There's also a nightmare somewhere, if I can find it, which is just, there we go. Yeah. It's just gorgeous. So yeah, I I really like this. I thought it was worth touching on. Um, Ooh, I haven't seen the slide yet. Because, I mean, there's a lot of people out there doing D&D stuff now, but... There's always room for more of it. Um, get an idea of like the different stuff that comes with each. But yeah, I, I really like that. I thought it was nice and characterful, um, especially if it's someone that doesn't already have something. You get a thirty dollars for an all in, like it's insanely good value. Um, like seriously, thirty dollars and you're all in for everything. That's insanely good. So, like I said. I thought it was worth covering. At time of recording, you still have three days to go. So you'll have two days left if you're listening to the audio version of this. But if you're listening to the video version, then it's too late. Sorry. But if you back us on Kickstarter, you can watch this straight away. Cheap plug. Okay. From there, I've moved on to the On Tabletop website. I'm mentioning that because I want to give credit. Uh, this is a new story that I came across from them first, and for some reason it's not loading properly. Why is it not loading properly? War Games Atlantic um, are continuing to roll stuff out for their sci-fi and fantasy and historical kits. They're kind of, um, they have game rules of their own that are kind of using a lot of older sculpts that don't get used anymore. That they've kind of brought the rights to, if that makes sense. So you've got examples down here of what they're calling death fields. So they're kind of criminal organizational type like these are guards that are holding the criminals hostage and well not hostage but holding them in there's also some new fantasy goblins that look really cute uh and an imperial conquest generic asian type army which is very cute and a world war one french infantry the thing that caught my attention though and the reason why i'm looking at it here and not on the War Games Atlantic website, which I could, there is a link right there, is these Shadakesh ferals. These might be my new favourite alien sculpt that I have ever seen. I love these. These are just so cool. Apparently, these are the old versions that were done back in 2017, but they're in the process of re-sculpting them for a digital for a re-release of the kit in hard plastic. I want these so badly. I just love the look of these. They don't really... I don't know. They don't... Kind of like the other ones we were talking about a minute ago, I can't really see where they've been inspired from, which is a good thing. Um, I don't know. I just, I just love these. They're just so different. And they do feel very alien. Any thought from you guys on any of that? The uh, ferals do look pretty cool. I was just looking at them too. Oh, George, he finally decides to come back after running off in the middle of recording for no reason. Yes. <laughs> we were telling JP about how rude you were about not telling us where you were going and just running off and not saying anything. Oh, yeah? No, we didn't. Do you want to come back? Uh, already, are we uh, on to Indy now? Or? 
No, we've got one last story that got added at the last minute. Oh. By, not me, it was by Mr. Socks over there. So now that George is back from his little pit stop, um, Catherine Socks came across some announcements from Warlord this weekend. Yep, so my Facebook group page that does Victory C, uh, someone posted that Warlord Games just uh, announced that the USS Alaska, which is a battle cruiser, uh, the USS Iowa, which is the flagship for the Iowa-class uh, battleship, and then the USS Hornet, which is a Yorktown-class carrier, are all up on pre-order right now. Um, so it's good to see some new ships coming out, uh, although as a U.S. player for right now in this game, I'd like to see some more aircraft. Right now all I have is fighters instead of bombers and torpedo bombers. Um, but I'm excited for this, especially since they've got the Yorktown as a carrier already. The Hornet is now coming out, and it's the same class carrier. So it's giving me hope that they will eventually release the Enterprise as a carrier too, because as we all know, that is the most famous carrier of World War II, hands down. Hence the reason it gets reused. In over and over and over again. On yeah. space shuttles and spaceships and, and things that don't exist. Yeah. The so. USS Hornet makes me question the naming decisions of your military because Hornet doesn't seem to match up with any of the other names that I've noticed. So It's not named after an area or a town. It's named after a creature. Well, or actually, I'll... I'll... I'm pretty sure carriers are named after or were named after battles from the Revolutionary War because you got Yorktown and or something like that. I can't remember. The, it, there yeah, is a very, it, it wasn't until like the 80s. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Because the way it is now, like a tank series is named after a general. So we have the Abrams before that. We have the Shermans, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, carriers now are named after presidents with the exception of Enterprise. Um, so this is just this because this is old. It's before yeah, they yeah, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Battleships were named after states at the time. Battle cruisers, I think. I mean, you got the Alaska, so it was named after there was, states. There was even a USS Wyoming. There was. They're naming uh, it after a fictional a fictional state. That uh, just seems was, uh, really silly. So, so fun fact, I know this because it's at a, a museum here in Wyoming. Uh, the USS Wyoming was the last battle battleship to have an actual bell instead of a steam bell. Interesting. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was the last, it was the last ship where, you know, you actually had to pull the rope to ring the bell. Okay. Okay. So battle cruisers up until 1916, uh, were to have Navy ships were named after Revolutionary War battles up until 1916, it looks like. And so, wow, so this, this only just missed out on that then. Yeah. Well, no, you this figure is 1942. Out... How does that make sense? Because a ship like that's going to have a 40, 50 year use before it's retired. Yeah. Oh, the date is when it was... Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, that was when it, when it, when it entered service, is that 1942. So, yeah, the Hornet... Well, this Hornet... The one in 1942 got sunk uh, during uh, Midway. Okay. And, then, and, and a, an additional Hornet of the Essex-class carrier uh, was built and renamed as the Hornet. 
Nice. Yeah, so that's that's it's good to see that they've still got new stuff coming out. Yeah, um, and with these three coming out for the U.S., I can almost guarantee we'll see some similar stuff for the Japanese because they are kind of doing similar stuff with the U.S. and Japanese, kind of pairing stuff off together, and then the the British and the German are kind of doing the same thing, pairing off each other with similar stuff. So, yeah. More stuff. Yeah, my, so uh, it's going to be interesting to see where the rest of that comes from. Yeah. Yep. Shall we do some indie discussions, indie. George? Indie definition: independent type, slang word, jargon. Okay. Yep. I get. I get that. That's that's interesting. <laughs> All right. I came across this last night. Um. So this is a, a late edition because um, I hadn't made decisions as to where I was going to go with this one this week yet. I do have a whole list, but I saw this and went, nope, 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 covering this. This looks awesome. Okay, so Blacksite Studios have made a game based around horror tropes, basically. Um, those that are watching the video at the moment will be able to read through their little tease, but I'll read it out loud. The sound of heavy footsteps moves closer and closer. You and your friends came here for fun, but now you're fighting for your lives. So it's very much horror movie tropes. Uh, you're playing it on a three-by-three-foot playing surface. Um, the players control the heroes, against a randomly generated AI killer. So you're playing against an AI in this. Uh, meant to run for like 32 minutes. You've got a base game that has a really cool looking cabin uh, with what looks like a removable roof, or at least a section of the roof. Um, you've got a little bit of scatter terrain there and that as well. You've got your heroes and an initial killer which is definitely not Jason Voorhees. It's definitely not Jason Voorhees. Look, he's got a bag over his head. Everybody knows Jason Voorhees had a hockey mask. Um, and then we move into... There's a mask, uh, hockey mask option for it, Bruce. Is there? Yeah. Well, it's still totally not him. Um, just like like there is Grays, which is more generic. That's fine. Curse on Oak Hill expansion. Totally not House in the Haunted Hill. Definitely not. And that's definitely not Leatherface. We've got some final girls. So people that are... Th these are more hero options, basically. And then the most recent addition is definitely not Pennywise from It. It's definitely not him. It's a totally different sculpt. Look. Um, I love this so much. <laughs> uh, I may actually buy this next pay. I want to play this really badly. I love a good horror movie. Um, I love... Let me ask you this, Bruce, real quick. So, yeah. so if you love a good horror movie, does it mean the mo movie has to be slightly and inherently a little bit bad in order for it to be a good horror movie? Because all good horror movies are slightly inherently bad and campy. Um, <laughs> that is definitely part of it. 
Um, I like I, I like sometimes the serious stuff too. Uh, I'll give you. I love the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. It's what got me into horror movies to begin with. That's uh, Freddy, yes, right? Yeah, that no Friday the Thirteenth. No, that's Nightmare. Jason. Uh, uh, Jason Voorhees. Yeah. Yeah. Captain Kirk's mask. Captain Kirk's mask. No, that's uh, uh Mike Myers. Wait. Yes. Yeah. But it's not Shatner. I can't think of the actor. No, the mask, the ma- Michael Myers mask. The it's it's Shatner's face. It's a mask of Shatner painted white. Is it? Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Um, I forgot where I was going. Oh, for, um, for Nightmare on Elm Street, which is what you were just referring to a minute ago, I like as well. I never really got into Halloween. Um, I mean, I get that it's kind of the original. It's just it's not something I ever really got into. I also never enjoyed Scream at all. I, I just I don't enjoy Scream. Um, it is what it is. Kevin Baker's Kevin Bacon was in Friday the Thirteenth. That's all you need to know. So everything I, I, is saved by the fact that Kevin Bacon is in it. I will argue with you. I thought the first Scream movie. I thought that was really great. I just didn't after, enjoy it. And then after that, the sequels were just kind of like, really? Like here's the thing about scream that most people i'm going to argue choose to forget scream is a parody it's not i mean it is a horror movie but it's a parody which means that scary movie is a parody of a parody all right bruce galaxy quest was a parody too and look how galaxy quest is the best star star trek movie ever made uh i'll argue uh uh Khan and uh first contact you can argue with the fan base. <laughs> um, th- there is an element of truth to what you're saying, though. The, ch- the tongue-in-cheek nature with most slasher films is to some extent what makes them, because the only... like, The, the first one has all this blood in it. How are you going to make it any better? Well, clearly you're going to have to put more blood in it. So it just, right. it just becomes sillier and sillier and sillier and more and more exaggerated. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point this out real quick, because so... Uh, this game right here that I have, the Dresden Files card game. Yeah, I bought an insert to hold all the cards out of you know plywood instead yeah. of you know, the regular stupid plastic insert. Because sometimes when a game expands and stuff like that, the regular insert that comes with it is not sufficient anymore. So you go searching for a heavy duty thing, or you look for an accessory to keep track of the stuff. Yep, they've already done this. I, I like that. It's like hey. We also have this. You don't need it, but we've got this right here. You don't have to Google for it. Yeah. No, I, I do like that. The upgrades. And, and yeah, then the additional no, uh, like playing that. mats as well. Oh, like... yeah, there's the Jason Voorhees one you were talking about. Oh, no, that's Michael Myers. Yeah, yeah, no, that's Michael Myers. Though he... Yeah, no, that works. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to be buying this at some point. Because I can just say that this is something that you can sit down with your mates and have fun with without taking it too seriously. It's a 30-minute game. You can easily do it on a board game night. Um, it might it might be a nice entry-level thing to try and show off to people. Um, so this is... At least the base game is going to be coming to my house at some point. So the the one thing I will say, which I mean, and it's just indicative of of these kind of games, and you know, when you start getting these games that are that related to the hobby, yeah, 
that's a steep price for a game. Yeah, it is. There is a bit in it, but it's. I suspect that most of that price is in the MDF kits. Oh, I'm sure. Because they're fairly simple looking minis. That cabin is fairly. Like that, that, the, there's quite a lot in that cabin. That cabin is almost just straight up worth buying the game just to get that cabin as a terrain piece. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and the rest of it too. I'm interested to see how the AI deck plays because I find AI decks tend to go in one of two ways. They either in, end up being very, very predictable or they work. Uh, sometimes both, but if you can predict what's going to happen then it breaks down. So that that's the thing in this that I am very interested in. Yeah. I assume, and I can only assume this, that the expansions come with alterations to the deck. Uh, um, I would assume just looking at this, since like it looks like the expansion is a different type of serial killer or something like that. It's a different AI deck and the mini associated with. Yeah. Uh, I'm just reading two custom scenarios, miniature. I didn't even realize this when I was looking at the front. The boxes are old VHS tapes. What? Oh, that's that's cool. That just fits so well. And now that I've read that, I can see that that's what they are, very obviously but I just hadn't noticed. Some of the price is going to be in that too. Also, uh, I just... uh, I clicked on the alien kit, and there's more houses. More houses? Yeah, so it's... This is more than just that one game. They've they've got quite a bit going on here. Oh, yes, yes. No, there, there is other stuff. I was just concentrating on the game uh, because it's what caught my eye. Uh, they have two other games other than this, one called Luna and one called The Anomaly. Uh, I haven't looked too closely into those ones at this stage. The Anomaly is not released yet. Uh, and, yes, they've got a whole heap of terrain that's out there. Yeah. So if you um, click on the main main picture that has all of it included if it actually shows an interior view of what the house looks like and it's got five one two three four five six rooms in the interior of the house oh this is huge then well there's your question on the um there's your question on the value of the box coming straight up and then parts of the roof come off and then you've got attic sections in the roof So your heroes, you have the overconfident jock that is probably the second to die. Uh, you have the the cheerleader. You've got the nerd. You, you've got your cabin uh, park ranger type person. Uh, you've got your innocent person from school that is so happens to be the last one to survive. And you've got your tough guy um, that is very tropey. This is leaning so far into the tropes that it works so well for me. And then you've got a picture of one of the minis standing next to the house that actually shows how huge it is. And it's not quite so obvious from that first picture how big it is because it's kind of all out of scale. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm buying for that cabin. Hundred bucks for that cabin is awesome. Yeah. I'm definitely buying this. There is no question about it. Um, I might grab one of the expansions as well, just so that I can see how things go. Looking at the layout of what comes with them, it doesn't mention anything about cards. So maybe it doesn't, but I, I guess time will tell. I'll have to have a look and see what actually happens. But there we go. That's the ending of the week. Like I said, I kind of come across this last minute and was like, oh, because I came across this when I was looking at new stuff um, because the clown guy is a new release. Um, but I saw this and went, nope, nope, nope. That's going into indie of the week because it's talking about the news of him coming out wouldn't have made sense without looking at the game itself. Oh my God, there's a little sticker that says horror on the box that's been torn. <laughs> Okay, I need to stop saying things that are cool. Shall we talk about some hobby? Yep. Stream, Hulu, Prime, Paint. So, Captain Socks, I suspect that you've not been doing a lot. Just skip over me again. <laughs> no. You have been looking into where you're moving to, though, right? Uh, yep. So with me going down to Tampa area, uh, Bruce and I were talking while George was away. I've got uh, a house being built actually as we speak. It should be ready in August. And I have been scouting the area of where I'm living and I've got about three or four game stores within 30 to 45 minutes of me. So, uh, so that's a house for the family and a dog kennel for you? Yep, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I'll be reaching out to my uh, Facebook page groups and uh, reaching out to them and see what stores in the area are there we go. Uh, playing the particular games I'm playing. So that's what I've kind of been doing hobby-wise. Yeah. Um, so again, if you are a listener and you happen to live around the area, um, apparently um, just if you can reach out and let us know the popular games that tend to be played in those stores, that would be very helpful. Yep. If it's something that you can tempt Captain Socks into, then me and George would really like to encourage you to do that. I'm not buying Absolutely. anymore. My wife will kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I look at a game, she's like, which one are you going to sell now? I'm like, mm, I don't know. Um, what a, I saw that you were pointing at me, but I'm still going to ask you. George, what have you been up to? I thought I thought it was pointing at socks. Oh wait, it's because the camera's flipped. So if I go like this, I'm actually pointing at socks. Yes. Uh, so I know that you've been um, doing a lot of priming, but so would you like to explain it on camera for us? So hold yeah. on, you're saying healers look at me. We would uh, like to apologize for, for George. He's beyond help. Yes. Um, so I finally... The weather has finally gotten nice enough that I've been able to rattle can prime. Um, I'm, I'm running low on airbrush primer, and I didn't feel like doing all of these with airbrush primer. I just want to hit them real quick with good just rattle can primer. Um, fun fact, it's been warm enough for me to prime, but it's at, now cold enough at night that I have to go turn my heater on. So... It's actually warm here, too. I can tell, Bruce. 
No. <laughs> I didn't even look at that. <laughs> didn't mean to make you self-conscious there. Um, so I, uh, I got the priming done, so I'm going to break up the airbrush, and I'm going to throw some gray primer on the, the statues for this game to do my quick and dirty uh, statue, which is gray base, null and oil wash, dry brush white. And that's that's yeah. how I do rock and statues. And so... And then my, my hope and goal is is um, to start doing a little little series on each little character because you know I've got twelve primed right now from the uh, the big white box, um, which I, I'm also going to de- delve into this a little bit. So I did back the uh, round two. There you are did. I did it was fifty bucks and there's three new boxes uh, about this. There's three yeah. new things like this. So so I we did, had... we discussed what was coming into it last week. Um, but it was after it had closed. Yeah. Um, so, no, I will say this. I am slightly disappointed because as cool as this big white box is, it's big. Mm-hmm. And all of this, the, if you did the full all-in backing on this, you still got what's in this box, but in the real tail packaging. Yeah. But so, slightly more expensive, right? Uh, I didn't look to see if it's slightly more expensive or not. But you get the normal base game retail box, then the the six minis that are expansions. They have their own box that's that size. Yeah. Then there's the Force of Nature, and then there's three new ones. And, yeah. So and, that's the way it was always going to be at retail. Right. So so personally, I would have rather had that than this. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is this is nice and everything. It's big. Yeah. I mean, here's my shelf. Uh, and here's what the box hanging off the shelf. Yeah, I can see it. So, yeah. so that that was my one complaint when I saw that. I was just like, really, I'd rather have that retail box with the other all the other little boxes. Um, the cool thing, uh, and this is just just my input on it since I did back it. Uh, the the they are releasing a um, oh what's it's the little thing you look at. It's the one thing we complained about. With uh, drop fleets not having the little Isis. like series of a turn, like cards. Oh, like a cheat sheet type thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I'll let me pull up the Kickstarter here real quick. So, um, that that is part of that. And I was like, ooh, that's pretty cool. And it's like, oh, it's this much for for these add-ons. Yeah, okay, I'll go ahead and back that. That's that's fine. I'm okay with that. That's 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 not a bad backing amount. No. Um, Truth be told, if I hadn't have missed out, I probably would have ended up making the same decision. Um, and that's kind of when I was when we were talking about this because when I'd saved the link, it was still open. Player aids. Player, yeah. So cheat sheet, yeah. So yeah, uh, it's I uh... had to look to see when it was closing. And Captain Socks will rec- recall this when we were discussing it. I hadn't realized that it was over. It's yeah. like, I haven't decided yet whether oh. I'm going to it or not. And then okay. Captain Fox looks and said, well, you're not going to have a choice now. It's already finished. So, oh, I hadn't noticed that. There so, is late backing, possibly. Yes, I'm hoping so, and I'm hoping that you will tell me when it opens. And and if not, I do have a pledge in that I might be able to double. True. And it's not like you don't have stuff that you need to send me already anyway. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm the one that told you not to send it yet. So. That's true. So, so, um, 
I, I've been slowly getting there. Um, I currently have uh, a couple little things to aid me with the uh, the recording of the video stuff. I found a little switch to turn the microphone on and off, so I don't have to sit there like, okay, now where is do I stop talking versus the show I'm watching? I can just turn the mic off. I'm like, oh, that's where the sound stops. I can speed this portion up. Yeah. So I, I, I'm gonna, I'm about ready to get everything going, and I'm gonna try to make a concerted effort to do constant content creation. Hence, why I primed this. Nice. And then when I'm done with that, I have all this God of War back here. And then before I have that done, I'm gonna have uh, Fair, uh Ankh showing up, and then Hell, the Last Saga, and then whatever else I've backed i i backed so many things i can't remember what i've backed now <laughs> you got your drop fleet stuff to go redo come on George. Shush! I don't... <laughs> Shush! lewis george hasn't done his drop fleet stuff nag him oh also also i still have this that's the uh, Iron Labyrinth. I still have to paint that. I still got yes, we know time. that because there's been people asking why you haven't finished it on the video. Because <sighs> being an adult sucks. That's why. Haven't you done the recording for all of it and not just release the rest of the video? No, I ha no, I, I did some of the building and my next process. I mean, it's building MDF, so I'm yeah. the next process is to start painting it. Uh, I've actually been looking at cheaper uh airbrush paint alternatives to use instead of you know the good stuff on that mm -hmm. because it's gonna drink it up it's going to take a lot so i want to find something cheaper i would try the badger stuff personally you can get I'm it in not i'm not a fan of the bad well it is thicker which is your problem uh, I, I have had. We've discussed this before. Well, well, no, the, the, the primer I, I have right now is the Badger primer. Yeah. So, um, my my issue. So I guess it's primarily the white I have the issue with for the Badger. Well, um, I would avoid white anyway. Yeah, and 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 also too, um, my well, with what I have in mind, I want to do like a gray base, and then like angle from the top down with the white and then flip over and do the same thing with the black to do like, you know, light coming down then shadows, you know, underneath. George. You can see that. This is an acrylic ink by Dayla Rowney FW. My advice would be to ignore your white primers entirely buy the white and the gray of this use them straight don't water it down after you've after you've done your black just go over it with this with exactly the same technique you'd normally use okay it's a lot easier well I, i'm talking with an airbrush i'm but i'm yeah. not going to do any yeah. brush work on the terrain at all except for maybe some dry brush here and there no i know so like okay. i said still go still go like black base like you said you wanted to yeah but rather than using an airbrush for your gray and your white get a thing of this for each you can buy it in the us probably a bit cheaper than i got it it's not expensive uh and you just it's a dropper straight into the top use it straight don't mix it down at all okay it's 
so much easier. If you if you want to see it being used, there's a video on our channel from about a year and a half ago. Okay. Um, what was the other thing? Yeah, I, I'm the, my, the airbrush I have. I'm not worried about pushing stuff through it. It's part of the reason mm. why I, I went with that airbrush. Is no, no, th this will give you a better result. Yeah, and a lot you will use less of it. Okay. Um. Yeah, my other thing too is if I if I start doing a uh, you know more video of airbrushing, uh, I need to find lens protectors for my three hundred dollar cameras. Yes. Because yes, I don't want to try to. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to. I'd rather like you know replace a, a lens protector than trying to clean up the lens. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that makes sense. You uh, you got something here too, right? Um. Yeah. So I've been a lot of what I've been up to has been the um the videos and stuff. One of the things I've received in person has been a hobby zone product. I have their professional painting station now. Uh, I've done an unboxing for it and shown off a built version of it in person uh, because my housemate had built his before I built mine. So I could just say, so this is it. And this is one we prepared earlier type thing in the video. Um, that like is show. currently exclusive to our Patreons, but we'll be going live later today. Um, I, I've also received my copy of Gamma Wolves which is the mech combat game by Ash Barker of Gorilla to Miniatures. Gorilla Miniature Games. He's, like, huge in, in the YouTube space. Um, I am currently, as we are speaking, printing a mech, which I intend to use in that. So we'll see how that ends up going. Nice. Um, otherwise, realistically... I've spent a lot of this week trying to recover from night shift last week. I didn't handle it very well like I have in the past. Um, so any free time that I have had on the tabletop side has actually gone into videos and stuff while I've had ideas. So the guide things and that, that I referred to earlier. So, yeah, I haven't had a lot physically to show off. Uh, just a couple of things to arrive and that. Um, shall we discuss some drop fleet? I have my company Heroes game showing up tomorrow, so my Kickstarter that I've been waiting on for a while. It's hoping I have have some stuff here to show tonight, but uh, next time. I'll That's all right. Company. You've got a hobby to talk about next time. That's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Talk nerdy to me. And there goes and George. There goes George. All right, so we can kind of start off with this, and if we need to pause before he gets back, then we will. He's in his um, feet in the back, so go without him. All right. Okay, so we are going to be discussing some Drop Fleet Commander. Some battleships. So, yeah. So I'm going to go backwards. Um, do you want to start with UCM? the UCM? Yep, sure thing. So for the UCM, they've got three types. They are the only ones that have three types of battleships. Yep. Uh, right now, um, unless you're playing resistance, and then you can build whatever you want because that's how resistance is. Um, yeah, I think resistance only have one or two types. Anyways, anyways, uh, so the UCM they have the Beijing, which is 232 points, the New York, which is 250 points, and the Tokyo, which is 220 points. And we'll go over those all together here. The Beijing, like I said, 232 points. 
the the whole the, the main stats for each of the battleships are all going to be the same so a scan of eight inches signature of 12 thrust of six inches hull of 18 three armor point defense of 10 that's going to be different on them a little bit um I'll, I'll explain that here in a minute and then a grouping of one and tonnage of super heavy um this one, the Beijing is primarily a souped-up Moscow heavy cruiser. So just think of it with a bunch of mass turrets and a burn-through th- uh, burn laser on the front of it. So it's pretty nasty. Um, it has two sets of 4,200 mass drivers on the shoulders. Uh, so one's on the left side, one's on the right side. So FSL or an FSR uh, arc. Uh, four plus lock, four attack, one damage each. Uh, all three of the mass turrets are linked, so you can shoot uh, all of them together, which is nice. Without having to go wep- weapons free, I'm pretty sure that's how linked is, right? Linked is you can shoot all three. Yes. Um, free. Yes. Like, yes. Yeah. It's been a while since I played Drop Fleet, but I just had to look again just to make sure that it was all the same number because sometimes yeah. it's linked one. So. Yeah, and then they got a 6400 mass turret. Uh, driver turret, which is a lock of three plus six attack, one damage. Um, it's a little bit heavier damage or lock value, more attack. And then it's got its Cobra heavy laser with a three lock, two attack, one damage. Uh, again, burn through of six with the flash uh, for the spikes on the enemies. And then it's got a swordfish missile bay, which is three lock, uh, d6 plus four attack, which is pretty nice. Unless you roll a one, like Bruce does, uh, and then one yeah. damage, <laughs> uh, and then again, uh, all 360 degrees with being a close action weapon. So not a bad uh, battleship. This is the one that I built when I built uh, my Kickstarter set. Uh, I built it as a Beijing. I I like it. Um, moving on to the New York. Um, the Point defense of 10. I thought this one actually would be different because it was going to be more, had more because of the, uh, anyways. Uh, uh, it, I, do you want me to remind you why they're very similar? Yeah. Um, the Beijing is the one that was exclusive to Kickstarter. Well, no, I think the point defense. I thought the point defense was going to be higher on this one. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. But it's not. So they must have made some updates. Um, so instead of the burn-through laser, this one has swapped out for a torpedo as well as fighter bombers. Yep. Um, it's the two shoulder-mounted 4200 mass driver turrets, so those are going to be the same. It's got shark missile bays on this one, which is a four-attack lock, uh, D6 plus one in the, instead of a D6 plus four like the Beijing has, and one damage each on those. Uh, like I said, it has fighter and bombers. has a launch of seven for the fighters and bombers, and it has uh, a launch of one for torpedoes and was limited to two, for two torpedoes. So going back to what we were discussing earlier about the changes on the rules, I was looking at the torpedo rules on this. Yep. And the UCM torpedoes now has a thrust of nine inches, a lock of two plus, attack of four, and two damage each. And so, and then it also has in the same section outmaneuvering torpedoes. Uh, only if a ship decides to do course change or max thrust with a torpedo next to it, as in base-to-base contact, remove a torpedo if a six is rolled. Otherwise, on a five, the torpedo does not attack the turn, but on a one through four, the uh, the torpedo will attack as normal at the end of the target's activation. 
So okay, so you can try to avoid it. But it's not difficult. I mean, it's not yeah. easy. That that oh, I like that. So the yeah. five will delay the attack. Delay the six. attack for one turn. Six will yep. remove it. And everything else, it just attacks as normal. I, I like that. That feels that feels accurate to me. Yep. And then moving on to the torpedo, uh, the Tokyo battleship. Uh, it's got the two shoulder-mounted 4200 mass driver turrets, and instead of the 6400 or the launch bays, it's now got some bombardment turrets, yep. which are locked to. It's got two sets of these, uh, locked to five attack, one damage. Uh, front side, rear, pretty much the 360-degree bombardment turrets. I'm pretty sure those are going to be linked to uh, versus linked one. It does have a Cobra heavy heavy laser, so just like the Beijing, it has that heavy burn-through laser of a lock three, two attack, uh, one damage, flashes up to six, or burn-through up to six, and then it still has the same type of close-action uh, missiles, uh, the Swordfish missile base that the Beijing has, so three lock, D6 plus four attack, one damage each so i know some people like the tokyo just because it was a better version of the madrid the madrid is the, your only other uh bombardment ship available as as a cruiser uh, so i yep. know some people like to bring the tokyo just because it's beefier uh so i i like the beijing i mean just because it's all center line You've got your burn through. You've got your mass turrets. It can all go forward facing. Uh, yeah. Plus that that missile bay of D6 plus four for the close action is is nice too. When you get up into the close action range. Yeah. So. I yeah, the Beijing is probably the better value out of them as well uh, yeah. for what you're getting. Um. The thing is too at the uh so. Yeah. People were saying at the beginning of the game when the when the game first came out that the UCM was the only one, the only faction that could bring two battleships in one battle group because of the point limitations. This was true. Because yep. you could have a you could have a Beijing and a Tokyo in there for less than two less than five hundred points, and it would you would allow to have two battleships for in one yeah. battle group. So people were bringing a battleship group like that and was doing really well yeah um moving on we have the scourge now i'm going to start with the scourge dragon um the scourge has a signature sorry a scan of eight um and it has sorry i'm multitasking uh it has a Scan of eight, a signature of 12, and a thrust of eight. So uh, you've got hull of 18, armor of three plus, point defense of 12, uh, one group still uh, still special in the type, uh, and this one has a launch. Uh, you have, weapons-wise, an Oculus Beams Array. I'm sure that surprises everybody. Uh, three plus lock, two attacks, two damage each, but this one is front only. Then you have Scald. Well. Oh, sorry, Scald, yes. Sorry. But which um, doesn't have Scald? Um, there is a couple of things, but not There's very many. Not very many. Yeah, they're usually the, the smaller ships. Yeah. Um, 
You then have your Furnace Fangs, which is so much better a name for your burn through. It's just so much better. Um, so the first one is a lock of four plus with four attacks that do one damage each. Uh, this is an alt one, which means you can either use one or the other. It's not two different weapons. It's one weapon that works two different ways. Scald and burn through. That one has a burn through of 10. Which is nasty. Oh, yeah. The second one, you will notice, only has a burn through of 5. But it's only got a lock of 2+. plus. So this is your more reliable to hit versus potentially more damage argument. Uh, generally speaking, most competitive players will usually recommend that you go for the easier to hit because you'll get better results. Uh, but it's up to you. Um, there are people that play both ways. Um, I tend to lean towards the air of caution because my dice hate me. Um, as anybody that's been listening for any period of time, I already know. All dice hate me. They're trying to kill me. Uh, not just in game, but in real life. Um, Plasma Cyclone is your close action, still with Scald 2 plus, which is nice. D6 plus 2. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the D6 plus 2 stuff on your close action, but it does feel like it, it, it kind of is very much a scourge thing. Uh, front, side, and rear, that's again normal for your close action stuff. This one, however, also has two torpedoes, which is nice. So Going back to the beginning of the podcast when we talked about torpedoes. Yep. Scourge torpedoes, if you could get them to hit, those were actually effective because they had the uh, razor worms that would like, go through and affect the ship. That's yeah. the corrupt Yes, rule. yes, yes. That. I've, I've got it pulled up, so when we go over it, just let me know and I'll read the new corruptor rule. Yeah. Um, it's got a limit of two, which is why it's listed twice. Uh, and yes, corruptor. Oh, fighters and bombers of three. Corruptor. So for every critical hit scored by a corruptor weapon, place one corruptor token on the ship at the beginning of each damage control phase. A ship with a, with corruptor tokens takes one damage for each token. With no saves of any type allowed, a corruptor token may be repaired just like a crippling effect. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Granted, um, receiving it of a corruptor weapon, but... But they are nasty. And again, very Scourge. It just makes a lot of sense for the Scourge. Uh, your other option is the Demon, which is 260 points. Your Dragon Scan also has three, three fighters and bombers that it can launch out as well. Not just the torpedoes. Yeah, I know. I did say that. Oh, did you say that? Sorry. I missed it. <laughs> um, all of this top stuff is the same. Um, so I'm going to skip past that into the Oculus Beam Array, which is a lock of 3 plus, 2 attack, 2 damage. Uh, Scald and linked with the next 2. Uh, so the next one is the same, except it's 3 attacks, 2 damage. That's on the left. And the final one is the same, but on the right. All of them have Scald. So that's 2... So that's 8 attacks. With just that, with just those series of weapons, um, that's a potential sixteen damage right there, which is nasty. Uh, you've got the same furnace fangs as before, literally exactly the same: ten, five, four plus, two plus. 
and the plasma cyclone is the same as well. So this is just, it's taking out your launch and replacing it with the Oculus beams. This is the version that I built personally. Um, I built mine a long time ago, and I don't remember exactly why at the time. Uh, from memory, it was because at the time we weren't really 100% sure on the torpedoes. Um, but that's just from memory. I think you right, might be right. I mean, I think we were, because the Corruptor was kind of a weird rule at the time, but now with this yeah. new version of the Corruptor, a Corruptor actually might come in handy. With uh, yep. every critical hit, you're now getting a token on place on that ship, which is yeah, wonderful. very much that. Unless you can re repair it. Um, next up, we have PHR. Yep. Are you right to cover those while George gets the Shiatari stuff up? The shenanigans. I George doesn't have it ready. I, I do have my shenanigans ready. I'm actually like learning stuff that's actually uh, is new. <laughs> All right. So PHR, it's got two types. It's got the Heracles as well as the uh, Minos. Uh, if I can pull it up. It went out on me. Uh, 285 points each on those, uh, 10 uh, scans, 12 signature, 6 thrust, 22 hull, 3 armor, 10 point defense, again grouping a 1 and super heavy for tonnage. Uh, for the Heracles weapons, it's got the heavy caliber cannonade uh, on both broadsides, uh, which is a lock of 3 plus, 6 attack, 1 damage, caliber, and it has a caliber heavy and uh, super heavy. Which, if I remember correctly, it needs a one to as its lock value becomes a one because it's lock value on super heavy and heavy ships. Its lock goes down by two, so it pretty much has a lock of one, uh, which is nice when it's hitting those heavy heavier ships. Go because then it can, and then its crit value also increases or decreases by one. So instead of a three, you need a two to to crit with uh, super heavy and heavy ships that you're targeting. And then it has a Dark Banner Cannon, which is a big, uh, heavy uh, burn-through uh, laser. It's not really burn-through anymore. Uh, two plus, uh, two attack, three damage. So you can do six damage on that if you hit right. Uh, and then it's got Hornet Drones. There's a lock three, uh, D3 plus three. Uh, one damage each for your close action weapon. So that's the version that I built uh, at the time, just because of that Dark Matter Cannon. Since dark Matter Cannon. Nice. Even with the changes, I still like the Dark Matter Cannon. Yeah. So. Also, it sounds. Yes. And then the Minos uh, stats at the top again the same. Again, it has the heavy caliber cannonades along the sides uh, for the broadsides, and it has neutron missiles. For close action, D3 plus one, uh, two damage, two lock, uh, which is crippling as well. So this is pretty nasty for close action. Yeah. I think it's the only close action that has crippling in the game. I, may I be believe so. That. And then it has two torpedoes for the PHR. Uh, so it can launch both of those at the same time as well. So I may try this one out with the new torpedo rules. We'll see how that goes. Mm -hmm. um, Scroll up and see what the PHR torpedoes are. The PHR torpedoes, 9-inch thrusts, 
which is like everyone else, lock two plus, four attack, two damage. So just like you UCM. Um your scourge ones for your knowledge is a lock is nine inch thrust, three plus lock, three damage, or three attack and two damage. And then crumbs yeah. respectable. So I don't know if that's changed, but like I said, I like the Heracles just because that crippling boom cannon. Uh, Dark yeah. Matter cannon. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you gotta say it in your best uh, Bruce Campbell voice now. That's right. No. This is my this boom is cannon. Boom cannon. <laughs> George, you starting with the diamond or the platinum? Uh, battle cruisers, right? Battleships. Oh, battleships. Oh, um, I was reading the wrong ones. That's okay. I am flexible. <laughs> it does say battleships. I could have. Sw- I read battle cruisers, and so I was just like, "Oh, that's cool." Um, you definitely said battleships. Marine, marine, battleship, battle cruiser. Okay, so we're gonna. We're going to car- start with the Sheltari Platinum. A uh, scan of 12 inches. Signature of 4 and 20. 20 is with the shields up. Uh, yep. Thrust of 8 inches. Pull of 18. Armor of 4 up and 4 up with shields up. Point defense of 12. That's each. Uh, group of 1. Uh, tonnage is super heavy and it does have launch. Uh, it has a launch value of 7. That is 7 fighters and bombers. It also does have a gate value of one. Then we get into the uh, weapons. The greatest Shaltari weapon ever designed. The Disintegrator battery, 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 battery. Has a lock of three up, four attacks, one damage. Front side, left. There's another one on the right side. Does the exact same thing. That's eight shots of Disintegrator Bank goodness. Uh, And then you have the four up, 12 uh, attack, close action weapon. Um. Given the the stats of the Shaltari fighters and bombers, which uh, unless I've missed those, they were they're just kind of meh. Shaltari Shaltari don't need bombers to help protect the ships because they have the most ridiculous point defense in the game for the most part. So you don't need bombers yeah. to protect your ships. Why spend why why spend points on fighters when you can just blast them with a whole bunch of disintegrator banks because. Two banks and disintegrator banks, that's not a lot. Go look at a, uh, was it the jet? No, the onyx. Oh, the one with three. That'll tear something open quick. Um, it's cool for the fact it was the, you know, it's a super carrier. Um, it's an expensive super carrier considering the quality of the fighters and bombers. Um, meh. Yeah, and it, it's, there is a reason why the other one is the one that's always taken. Well, and so here's the thing too. Uh, I was already looking uh, earlier. Uh, we have the diamond. Uh, yep. The diamond was stupid gross. Uh, so is the 12 inch scan, four and twenty for the sig, eight inch thrust, eighteen hull, the same armor, four and four, twelve point defense, uh, grouping one, tonnage super. That's cool. Uh, no launch, but it does have that gate value of one still, so you can send troops with it through the gate network. Uh, this also has the left and right disintegrator bank batteries, four shots at three up. Uh, then the particle ants try it. Now, here's where I have a little bit of a problem. 
what is that weapon called again? Particle Lance Triad. Yeah. Two up, two shots. Yeah. Why is it a triad then? Um, back in the day, back in the day when it first came out and it was stupid gross, it was a two up, three shot. So it's two up, yeah. two shots, two damage. It ignores armor. Not so, not the George's bitter or anything. Well, I, I'm not bitter. He admits that it's gross, but he will continue to plan, complain forever the fact that it was nerfed. Even though it was already gross. No, 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 no. I, I, I went through great detail showing how this ship was grossly overpowered. Yeah, no, we, 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 um, said to the effect you taught me by, and I hate you still for it. Yeah. Um, no, the, <laughs> the, the particle lance triad was grossly, grossly overpowered with two up, three shots, two damage. Because yeah. your chances of hitting with all three shots, well, that's really good because you need anything but once. Even you could do that, Bruce. Yeah, I'd at least hit twice. Then, so you got th- you got three shots, you know, that you have statistically very high of hitting with. Uh, so then you're dealing six damage because Particle Lance ignores armor, does not ignore, ignore shields, but that's only it's a mirror match, so everyone else is kind of screwed. Uh, and that's six damage. Can somebody uh, remind me what Bloom does? Bloom is the one where it makes the opponent hot? No, it gives you it gives you a uh, uh, that's right. the one where it gives the other your opponent. Uh, so and, yeah, so it, Bloom gives you the spike. Yeah, yeah. Which that's also okay because it's a big gigantic particle lance. It should make you a, a bigger target. Also, I don't yeah. care because I can shoot at least twelve inches without your signature. So yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm gonna shoot you, and I'm gonna take out half your half your hull roll on the crippling damage table and have a good chance of blowing you up in one turn. So what's okay, one person at a time, what? <laughs> you can't get your attack to three by you by going weapons free and getting the fusillade of one. That'll that's that'll, true. that'll raise it, your attack back up to three. That's I think that's where they gave you fusillade of one. That way you can it's not crippling OP yeah. but you still have that option to get it back up to three with it being a yeah. Um, and, and and I think that is a good a good addition. I, I as much as I loved making ships go with that ship, um, it was overpowered uh, the way it was. Uh, it, it cut ships in half, no problem. Um, the blue, the bloom, I could care less about bloom because I'll just put my shields up. Blew me yeah. away. I don't yeah. care. You can see me from halfway across the board. I'm rolling on everything four and up. I'm preventing. I don't care. I'm going to blow your ship up. I don't care. Uh, no, I, I think the changes are good. Um, <laughs> I just, I still think it's a little funny that, you know, it's a particle lance triad and you get two shots. <laughs> um, then you get three. Right. Yeah. No. Um, if you take the uh, platinum, please give me a call and explain to me why, and then I will explain to you in five minutes how you're wrong and that the diamond needs to be in the list. And this is the, the diamond is taken all the time. Uh, I, I, I would argue 99% of the time we saw in the tournament list, I'm going to game force game out. No, there's only one tournament list where I ever saw the platinum. That's what I'm saying. Like 99% of the time, it was a diamond. There was that one-off tournament that we saw platinum. Yeah, 
and and if I remember correctly, that was he did like meh placing, like you know, fifty percent ish. Yeah. And, yeah. Anyone anyone else that showed up with a diamond, and you know, they were like the only shot. You know, they they always did well. Just one turn of shooting, and the diamond wipes a ship. One turn of shooting, ship wipe. One, you know, because. You take out half the hull. Oh, okay. Well, this battle group's going to do this, and the ship's going to, you know, dump all the shots in there, and then it's gone. Yeah. So, uh, arguably the the most powerful battle battleship in the game. Um, now there there was a, a rule change that came about with the dreadnoughts that also helped nerf the the Shaltari battleship down too. So that was also good. Yeah. And it was one that needed it. This is the only battleship that, from the start of its release, has pretty much always been included. I mean, with all of the other ones in the other races, it's never been that they're bad ships. It's just in comparison to points, there's always been better options, and the Diamond has always been the exception to that. When when uh, when Dropfleet was still a hot thing at the my uh, local store. Uh, there was a lot of debate on which UCM battleship do you take. Uh, the one Scourge player, he, him, and Han back and forth on which Scourge battleship. He usually went with the Torp one because, well, he wanted those torpedoes to work. And when they did work, they did work good for him. Um, the PHR player we had, he went with the uh, Dark Matter Boomstick because... Dark Matter Boot. It was the closest thing to a Shaltari weapon for yes. any of the other factions. So and I think yeah. that's why I took it because of that reason. Yeah. And and I'm sitting here as a Shaltari player, and I'm like, uh, I'm gonna take the diamond. And they're like, Yeah, but look at your super carry. And I'm like, Yeah, and I don't care. Boom. Yeah. And but yeah. When it comes to UCM, PHR, and Scourge, quite frequently people actually take the battle cruisers over the battleships. Yeah, well, that was more what I was getting at. The, the other uh, not not have... exclusively, but quite frequently because yeah, they I, could I, fit more into the list. Well, because we, because we, I thought we were talking about battle cruisers. I was, but you know, brushing up on the Shaltari battle cruisers, and there was a change I saw that was like, "Ooh, I like that." So yeah. there, I, there's I, a reason why I've left the battle cruisers to last of this point, and that's because of things that like what you're saying. Yeah. Um, now we have the resisty. Do the resisty. No, we're gonna go. We're gonna go over those all together as an entire fleet. But oh, we're I, just gonna talk about resisty. All, all resisty all at once. Yeah. Yes, because it, it makes more sense to cover it all at once because it's kind of its own thing. Uh, okay. Because everything is custom and yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. I did, I My bad. Before before I get a. a, a Talk again, back again, Michelle again. Uh, caliber on super heavies, it reduces your tonnage or your lock value by one by shooting it. So it's not a one plus, it's a two plus, but its crit value is decreased by two. So it's an, it's a lock value of two, crit value of three when shooting heavy and super heavy ships with that broadside. So still yeah. pretty nice. No, fair enough. I'm actually going to look at something real quick here, uh, going off of the old stats, and I'm just going to use a, a Shaltari Dreadnought. While you're uh, doing that, can you play the upcoming events bumper? Oh, this one? Upcoming events. Because we phoned it in for so long, I phoned it in. 
mine is so much better than that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Come on, Captain Socks almost sprayed water out of his nose. Yeah. <laughs> Two episodes, three episodes in a row almost. So I would think. Oh god. Okay, fine. <laughs> okay, so upcoming events. UK Games Expo at this particular point still has the same dates, July 31st to September August 1st. Gen Con is still going ahead as planned, September 16th till 19th. The in-person attendance on that is going to be capped and they have a modified format um, that may include the requirement to have the vaccine. Um, I don't know if that's been officially confirmed or not. I know it was on the cards. Uh, but if you're unable to attend, they are going to stream everything online. Um, a correction from our last episode. Apparently the pop-up locations in stores is not new. Apparently they've been doing that for a couple of years. So we were wrong on that. We weren't sure, but it's, it's a really good idea. So I hope they keep doing it. This one is new, though. PAX Australia finally has some new dates. August, sorry, October, Friday the 8th until Sunday the 10th. Um, very similar kind of idea. It's going to be limited numbers. Tickets did go on sale, but are not currently on sale because uh, the moment they went on sale, the server got overloaded and crashed. Um, Here's my surprise face. Yeah, well, you say that, but it's the first time their particular service have ever gone down. Okay, but how many people were attacked last year? None. Exactly. Yeah. So everyone who could have gone last year that was planning on going this year, or, or didn't, wasn't planning on going last year, was planning on going this Everyone's planning on going this year because no one could go last year. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a DDoS attack, to be honest, but... That's just my opinion. I'm not basing that on anything I've heard. It just seems rather odd. and Well, not odd, but it, it seems rather convenient for it just to have been people, um, given that it's never been an unpopular event. But anyway, uh, Brush Beast is still happening. It did start on February the 1st. It continues through till May 31st. Categories include single miniature, large creature or monster, machine of war, there's an open masters, and there's a five model squad, which is a studio category. Um, there's one entry per person slash studio. It must be your own work, obviously. Pictures must be provided of before primed and when completed unless it's a Masters category, because Masters is its own thing and often takes at least 12 months. Because, because they sit there and they paint a uh, mural on a cape or some crap like that. Yeah. Um, Facebook.com slash groups slash brush beast if you want to get involved. Um, if you in enter something and they feel that it fits into a different category, then what you have entered it in, they withhold the right to make that decision. Um, otherwise, that's it for upcoming events that I know of. So we're ready for this then? 
Thank you to those that continue to support us in any way that they can, uh, especially to those that support us on Patreon. We very much appreciate it. Um, $2 a month is all we're asking for. Um, if you're in a position where you can afford to assist, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, Patreon.com slash getting tabled. Yep. Facebook.com slash getting tabled is our main social network feed. Um, that is definitely the best place to follow us. That's Facebook.com slash getting tabled. Once again, if you search for us on YouTube, we are literally about the first 12 or 13 results at this point. Um, if you want to contact Captain Socks or any of us for that matter, uh, about, um, how he should be playing all of these games that he's never purchased, uh, then you can email Captain Socks at getting tabled at gmail.com. Um, de- definitely concentrate on the things that you think that he's trying to avoid. Um, if you do play Star Wars or Drop Fleet or Victory at Sea, then obviously those as well. Um, but if you if you can tempt him into buying more stuff that he doesn't need, do it. Um, everything else is at Getting Tabled. Uh, we've got a website which is gettingtabled.weebly.com. I'm just going to record this one day and just play it so that I don't have to keep on saying it over and over again. I get tired. Yeah, of we we we, we we could definitely turn that into a bumper. And we're out. <laughs> yeah, thanks guys for making me feel like I'm ever. Never mind the fact that I've already spent about 10 hours creating one of these that you guys still haven't done the recording for. I even gave you a script. I didn't see a script. I sent it to you. You need to be drinking water while that was playing though, Bruce. (laughs) Um, This is for George, not for the podcast. Do you want me to do the audio editing on this? Because there's a giant gap where you leave. And no, I can, I can go find it real quick. Because me and Socks are talking to each other in that gap. That's fine. Okay. I, I, I can go, I can extract, well, I should be able to go back easy enough. Right. It shouldn't be too that's much fine. issue. I'm only asking because I have to do it for the video version anyway. <laughs> but that's fine. Thank you, folks. George, you suck. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For listening to Getting Table. Music used in this podcast was created by Eric Mataris at soundimage.org. Why could you do that while you were talking? Because I didn't think of it earlier. <laughs>